0: So, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Billy, our senior lead, to come and give his remarks. You know, Billy's been with us nearly four decades. Four decades. And I've been here for 35 of those years. Oh, it's a round of applause. Yes, come on. And it's a bit weird, but this will be the last Insight meeting that Billy will be in his senior role at All Nations. So it's a bit of a milestone moment for the church as Billy comes to speak to us. So let's welcome him to the stage, our senior pastor, Pastor Billy Funny. Praise God. Thank you, George. Today it's not an AGM, An AGM means business and it's boring. This is about kingdom business, amen. And uh, we want to inspire you. We want to encourage you. We want uh, just, well, we're always accountable uh, with everything that goes on in the life of the church, and particularly it's finance, but it's not just about finance, it's about mission, it's about heart, and uh, I just want to bring you a little word, and then Keith is coming uh, to join me, uh, just to inspire, just to talk about uh, our plans, our strategy, but we want to give God thanks, amen? Amen. We want to thank him because God is so good. And the other week, in fact, it was just before Keith's induction, as we welcome Barbie and Keith to All Nations, God really spoke to me. Um, just I know we, we often refer to it, but this really was a rhema for me, and I believe it's, it's, it's a word for the church, an encouraging word. And God said, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, and here's what really grabbed my attention. God said, behold, I will do a new thing. And in some versions, it talks, I am doing a new thing. And the emphasis really is on Yahweh, that God is I am, that God is present, amen, He is eternal, and I am doing a new thing. It is Yahweh who is in control, amen. And now it shall spring forth, and you shall not know it, and I will even make the road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now that is God's promise. Another version puts it like this. Uh, in fact, it's the message. And it puts it like this uh, Forget about what's happened, don't keep going over old history be alert, be present, I am about to do something brand new. I love that. Now, we thank God for history. Amen. We thank God for our memories of the past. We thank God for what God has done in our midst. But we don't stay there. Our past should spur us on to greater things and a greater confidence that God is, I am. God is, I am. He is about to do a new thing. And looking back, we have seen God's goodness and God's faithfulness, but that should give us confidence to to embrace the present and to move on to embrace the future. Because our God, He's in control. As George said, uh, I've been the senior leader here at All Nations which was in Saviors and before that Welland Street Keith from 1985 as we said to it said to, uh, as I said to the wider leadership on uh, Friday night uh, it's strange that God would keep me in one place for most of my life uh, and strange that Keith and Barbie should come back and join me at the end of it all, but God is in control. Amen. And I thank God it's been a joy and it's been a privilege uh, to have been your leader for such a long period of time. Uh, we have good memories together. We have had a good journey, but we do believe that God is in our midst. He's in control. Amen. I want to thank you all for your commitment uh, to the vision of all nations, particularly to those who have been on the journey with me from the beginning. And 36, 37 years, it's a long time. And uh, there's only a few of you left. In fact, uh, I don't want to to, uh, miss anybody out. I don't know, Sharon was there, and Pat was there. You weren't there, George. You came in a little bit later. Uh, Frank was there. Barbara was there. Sheila, Lyons was there. Have I missed anybody? Uh, Yes, Silma was there. And Allison was there. My goodness me. We have come a long, long way. Where does time go? Where does time go? So we thank God for yesterday. But we cannot afford to live off the achievements of past blessing. Remember, God said, I am doing a new thing. God is the great I am. So we delight and we enjoy God's moment in the present. I heard something the other week. It's an interesting thought. All of God there is is in this moment. I thought, hmm, an interesting thought. All of God there is, is in this moment. We need to embrace God's moment. I'm challenged with the story of Jesus when He drew near to Jerusalem, and He saw the city, and He wept over it. Some of us, we have been to Jerusalem. We've walked that road. We have engaged in this story. But Jesus, he, he wept over Jerusalem, saying, If you had known even this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your sight, because you did not know the time, of your visitation. They did not know this your day. Church, this is our day. Amen. God is in the present. I believe as a leadership team that God is doing a new thing among us. And let us, let us embrace that. Amen. We don't like to move away from what is familiar uh, to us. We would prefer to remain with the status quo. But we need to embrace endings in order to receive new beginnings. It's fundamental to our growth. Not only as individuals, but as a church, it's important that we keep growing. It's important that we embrace new things. Endings are always the gateway to a new beginning. We need to allow things to die in order for a new chapter to be embraced in our lives. So, let us walk, amen? Let us walk in the newness of life and embrace this new day. Probably the greatest gift that I could give to all nations is not 37 or 30 years service, but the greatest gift that I could give to all nations is to have a successful succession. God bless you.
1: It's good. I'll keep saying it because it's <laughs> true. But uh, God is good. Like So, Billy took me by surprise there because... He was quite short. And, and that's not a comment on his stature, you understand. That's just, uh, I, I was enjoying I thought, oh, we're going somewhere. And then he'd, he'd finished. So um, here we are. So last year when I was preparing to meet with the elders and uh, chat a little bit um, about who we are and, and going through all that process that we had to go through, um, I'd, uh, they requested that I sent them a document uh, including my vision for the church, and, and I'll tell them what I told, uh, I'm going to tell you what I, what I told them. I didn't really have a vision for the church, to be honest, because we were sort of, you know, up to our, our eyeballs in, in what we were doing in South Africa, um, and I thought it might, might be wise to just share some of those principles with you so that you know a little bit more about where I'm coming from um, and where we potentially will end up in the future. And so uh, the first thing I want to highlight is the difference between unintentional and deliberate change. Some changes um, will come and we need to recognize that that change is, is a constant in our lives. Things change, don't they? Things are, are always changing and we, we have to learn to embrace those things when I talk to people in church, what I discover is everybody wants change as long as it's the other person that has to change. We we all want something changed as long as it's someone else, but not our thing. But we all have to change and develop, and if I can use the word in the right sense, evolve into what God has for us. But some changes will be unintentional. Um, I'm not Billy. Billy's not me. Um, you know, we're we're different, but we're similar. Hallelujah. Um, he's got some stories about me. I've got some stories about him. You know, all those sort of things. There has been some things that happen that are unintentional change. Just because um, I'm a different personality, I see things differently, I look through life with a, with a different lens. And so some things people have already said to me, oh, you've brought such radical change to church, totally unintentionally. You understand, there's no plan behind that. There's no um, blueprint behind that. There wasn't anything. It's just me being me. Um, So if I do something unintentional, as I said to the leaders the other day, forgive me quickly. But if I do something deliberately, forgive me quicker. (laughs) Because deliberate change is where we, we, uh, in this process, where we're sitting down, we're praying, we're seeking, is where the eldership and, uh, con- and when we consult with the wider leadership and with the wider church, it's where we begin to bring things that tweak our direction. Um, I don't have the feeling, having been here nearly a month now, I don't have the feeling that we, we have to radically change uh, many things. But there will be things that we tweak, and there will be things that we correct, and there will be things that we introduce um, into the life of church, not to diminish what has been, but to add for what will be. And so uh, how do I see the local church? Well, if we were to discuss vision in, and unpack what vision means today and what churches should be doing today, we would probably all agree on about 80% of those things. We, would, you know, we know what churches should look like, right? Right. Pretty much. I mean, if you've been around church more than a few years, you know pretty much. Um, I've got a a daughter-in-law who's not a Christian. She loved coming to the induction because this place looks like a church. In her expectation, this is what a church should look like. Um, You know, church for her, churches in warehouses don't make sense. There's nothing wrong with those, but they just don't make sense to her. We have an expectation of what there should be in church. That kind of 80%. The 20% is where I'm praying into. That's, that's really what I want to hear God speak about. I want to hear God speak to me about, um, and to the leadership, and to the church about what is it that makes um, all nations Christian center unique here in Reading. There, I think there are 49 churches or something in, in the area. Um, why do we exist and not just um, other other churches. What is God's purpose for us? And that 20% is really what I'm focusing in on. So what I want to share with you briefly today, trying to take a cue from Billy to be brief, is the, um, is the 80%, the stuff in the ingredients that you will see coming about. But there are two things I want to say about church that church is not, if that's okay. Church is not... A country club, when, when, sorry Billy, when I was, <laughs> that is not a picture of Billy on, on Monday. When I was, it's quite a good swing he's saying there, but when I, was, um, when I was looking for pictures of country clubs, all that came up was golf courses. Church is not a country club that exists only for the benefit of its members. It's what a country club is and where the pastors mow the lawn. That's not what we're about. Neither is church a graveyard that exists for those who once went and have died, and we honor history to the point where we can't do anything else, and the pastors just mow the lawn. That's not what we want to have here. Now, if you're going to say, to what is church? I'll share the 80% kind of stuff with you now, but what we want to say is we don't want to become exclusive, and we don't want to die. Does that make sense? We're not an exclusive community in many, many ways. And so uh, as we proceed, what is the 80%? Well, the 80% is I believe every church should be a growing community. Acts 2.47 talks about the growth that came in obedience to God's word. That means that we should grow numerically and we should grow spiritually. I do not believe the lie that says that a church that is uh, small has more spiritual maturity than a church that is large. Neither do I believe that a church that is large has more spiritual maturity than a church that is small. I don't think the two things are exclusive and, and can't meet. I think you can have a growing church numerically and a growing church spiritually, that we help you in your journey. I believe that local churches should be a discipling community, that where we are inputting into lives, given the societal changes around us and, and some of the activism that we see at the moment, it, those things affect us in our workplaces, they, and they can affect us in our practices in church, but I want you to know I want to build stronger disciples so that you are able to stand when all else is done that you can stand and you can stand with, with love and kindness. So that means that you will see things like small groups develop. You will see a framework of discipleship. You'll see marriage preparation courses and marriage courses and all those big story moments that you would expect. But I also believe that the best discipleship is done on a one-to-one or a one-to-two basis. Uh, the, some of the best conversations, some of the most impactful things in my life have been when I've sat with people and they've inputted to me just over a coffee. Hallelujah. I thank God for coffee and for those who inputted into my life. Sometimes in that order. You understand? I believe that we will be a fellowshipping church. This is part of that 80%. There's a Greek word, koinonia. Um, It's that sense that Believers are sharing in all things. And it's not so much that about the coffee and, and spending time together and doing activities together. It's, koinonia is a recognition that we belong to Christ and we belong to each other. There is a uniqueness about church that you, you don't get. You know, the, We would we see similarities in crowds where they gather in football matches and all those kind of things and illustrations and all those things we could talk about. But they don't have koinonia. You know, they don't have that. It doesn't matter what color football jersey you're putting on or what rugby team you support. You don't have koinonia until you're in Christ because then you realize that actually we also belong to each other. And so we will be a fellowshipping church. I believe also that we will see in that 80% stuff that we will be a sending community. Um, When I look at that picture, they're not running away. (laughs) I think they're running towards Right, towards something. You know, we send you out, uh, actually all of us, every week. Um, when church is, uh, the service is over, church isn't over, and, and you go out, you are sent ones. Um, the Bible tells us this kind of stuff. And my role, I think, is to prepare you for works of service. Ephesians chapter 4. Inside the church and outside the church. That actually, we will become a sending community. And that will mean that we will equip people. We might even send missionaries in the future. We might send more people to Bible college. But I have a dream that everybody would be equipped for their life in Christ. Also, we need to be a compassionate community. It's how we treat others outside the church with grace. How we treat those inside the church with grace. It means we support and instigate and encourage you to get involved in causes and ministries locally. There's so many opportunities to go uh, uh, around our town and the surrounding areas to be involved, to be a blessing um, to things. And I believe that our compassion will rise. I, I often think the closer I get to Jesus, the more compassionate I am. But sadly, I hear people say that the closer they get to Jesus, the more judgmental they become. Uh, But how many times did Jesus look out and when Billy there referred to Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, it says he looked out and had compassion. And so we need the compassion of Christ. I believe as well in the 80% we'll be a praying community. Prayer is vital. It's been said that nothing happens without prayer. That's actually not true. Lots of things happen without prayer. They're just not good things. Nothing good happens without prayer. And so we need to look at our our prayer strategies and those kind of things. How do we engage busy people in prayer? How do we make sure that prayer is central to what you're doing in your discipleship? It's not impossible to spend more time in prayer. But it does mean to say that some of our priorities, even in the households, we were just singing a a song I'd not heard before, Um, you know... Some of the new songs that you sing here hadn't made it to the villages where I was working and things. I only know songs in, in uh, those songs now. And But we were singing, you know, as or me and my house, we belong to the Lord. Um, you know, if, if I were, and I won't do this, but if I went and asked your kids, how often do Mummy and daddy pray with you? Oh, silence. It's like, you know, and I know what it's like. I've been a parent. I'm a grandparent now. Um, I just want you to know if your grandparent, your grandchildren are a reward for not killing your own children, <laughs> because there are those moments. We all live through that, don't we? It's really hard sometimes. How do we do that creatively? Prayer is going to be so important for us as a community. I believe that in that 80% stuff, we need to be a worshipping community. Worshipping community. And I don't want to say that the worship teams here do a great job, don't they? I really do. They're prayerful, they seek God and everything. But I also want to say this, everyone here is a member of the worship team. We're, we're, we're all in that. And we're all members of the welcoming team. If, if you didn't know that, we're all members of the prayer team in, in, the, in, in that sense. We're, we're all members in this together. But I believe that, uh, you know, I don't want to sacrifice the presence of God for a soundbite. And we want to be, and I believe this is central to us, a spirit-filled community. We belong to the Elam Pentecostal Churches. The clue is the name. We're part of a movement of 600 churches in the UK, ministering, I think, in nearly 50 countries around the world. And we're Pentecostal. That means that we believe in the baptism and the infilling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. That means that we believe in the gifts and we believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us for our daily life. It means that we know that we are witnesses to what Christ has done in us and through us and we go out in the power of the Spirit. We don't go out in the power of good talk. We don't go out in the power of a good song. We go out in the power of the Spirit. And I want you to know that I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Pentecostal. You know, I believe that we need the Holy Spirit's presence. And so that will be central to us. So wrapping this up, that's not exhaustive. That was still quite short for me. But um, it really speaks to that 80% of what I think a healthy church will be engaging in. What else is God going to reveal to us this year? What shape will all that take? And what will be our distinctive? That is the season we're entering into. Um, And I don't think, uh, I need to remind you, Billy hasn't left. He's still here. Uh, The staff, we all know he's still here when we're gathering on a Tuesday. He's still here um, with us. He's still very much the lead pastor. We defer to him um, and we honor him. Um, But we want to build on the foundations of what God has built through Billy and his ministry for the future of this church. So that we actually will honor the past embrace the present and move into a glorious future. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you.